0: Welcome to Quotable, a female entrepreneur podcast, the show by and for female entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After more than 10 years building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who've been in it too. And I want to share all of them with you because we're stronger together. So fill your coffee cup up, sit back and listen in. What a treat to have Jenna Hermans on here today to chat with me. She's the co-founder and COO of Be Courageous, a transformation agency and a high performance coach and the author of Chaos to Calm, Five Ways Busy Parents Can Break Free from Overwhelm. And I'm so excited to talk to you about all of those things and so much more today, Jenna. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, well, I'm
0: really glad that um, we got connected. I feel like I, um, I just feel like we have some, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to hear everything that you are doing and also like I... Yeah, let's start. I just, I almost don't know where to even like start because you have so many things and I want to hear about every single one of them. So let me put it back on you and say, take us from like, like, how did you start? I want to talk about the book, but also your business owner and also like a mom of four kids, like so many things. So that's an open-ended question about where you want to start, but, um, yeah, take us to like how you started your business and then like super quickly up to like how you like, why you with the book, but then we'll dive into that more later. So you don't have to go like too much into that.
1: Sure. So really high level. I used to own and run a preschool when I was in my early, mid twenties. And that was, um, the beginning of my entrepreneurial ventures was with this school that was very near and dear to my heart. And I was there, um, managing the school when I met my husband, my now husband and his three children. And through the experience of having him running a preschool, I was like, Oh, he's got three kids. They're all, you know, preschool age. I can, I can kick it with them. So (laughs) um, I know that. And that's like such a jumped off into entrepreneurship, partnership and motherhood kind of all in one fell swoop, which was um, a lot of fun and a lot of change all at once. Right. Um, and then from there, uh, we ended up moving to the San Francisco Bay area because we were living in Los Angeles at the time. That's where we all met. And that's where my school was sold. The school came up here, um, where we had no family, no friends, just like starting kind of from scratch oh gosh, and you just wanted a new,
0: a new thing. Yeah,
1: so I went to UC Davis, which is not far away from San Francisco. I went there for undergrad and would come to the Bay all the time and fell in love with it here and had said, you know, inside of my soul, one day I'll live in the Bay Area. Told my husband about that. He came here for business and he fell in love with it too. And so, next thing we knew, we were, you know, spinning our wheels, figuring out how can we move here or get relocated here um, so that we could. We could live here with our kids and, and make it a thing in our in our new lives. And lo and behold, we were able to manifest that. I was just gonna say that sounds like some manifestation right there. You're like, this is one thing I want to do. And
0: yeah, that worked yes. out. Uh huh.
1: Um, and then after we moved here, we got married like six months later, had a baby, a year and a half later, and started a business six months after that. And that that's where um Be Courageous was born. So that's founder that where I'm a co-founder with my husband that we have it together
0: that's funny I was just talking to somebody else who also is a co-founded a company together with their husband like I think that's so interesting it's cool so wait what though like brought you from like you were like okay a preschool teacher slash like ran ran the, the preschool Mm -hmm. And then be courageous is different than that, obviously. (laughs) So what were you were were, were like those gears changing for you where you're like, let's start this
1: other kind of thing? And like, how did you decide to do that? Yeah. So my background is actually in human resources. And so I was doing HR before the preschool, after the preschool, during the preschool, actually, right? As I'm running this business and doing the finance operations, the HR, doing all the things as, Mm -hmm. as the administrator of of this educational facility. Um, And then when we moved to the Bay, new HR jobs was in asset management and then in tech and decided to quit my tech job uh, when I was pregnant, when I was very pregnant, and then just didn't go back straight away as we were figuring out kind of what are our next steps. And my husband had gone from being an external consultant, working for a consultancy, then going internal at um, a large organization where they hired him to do innovation internally. And then he got headhunted by an external consultancy again, went back out, and when he started and all the different clients he had prior to going internal at that organization. they're like, wait, so you're going out on your own now? You're doing your own thing? And he goes, no, no, no I'm actually working, you know, for this other consultancy. And they're like, oh, bummer, you know? Hmm. <laughs> um, so that planted a little seed of like, hmm, maybe he should go out on his own. And I, he has run businesses before, back before he was working as a consultant. I've obviously, as I just shared, ran my business before and have started businesses and figured, you know what, why don't we do this? Why don't we start our own consultancy? I'll run the back end, he'll be client facing, and I can also do HR consulting and HR contract work um, under that umbrella as well.
0: Oh, wow, cool.
1: So how long has that been? That was
0: year, so a year ago. That years? was
1: yeah, almost six and a half years ago when we started Be Courageous, and it's definitely gone through iterations of, of to what it's become now. Whereas, like, I'm not doing HR consulting anymore, and um, and if I do, I take on very particular <laughs> clients, and I'm like, yes, okay, that that really that jazzes me up. I'm super stoked to work on that. Um, but otherwise, like, we of courage right and infusing courage into organizations planting seeds of courage doing talks coaching experiences workshops for organizations um and do coaching as well and at the various levels mostly at like high level um for our clients and their teams to infuse courage and now calm into that narrative as well i love that I thought that's so like unique i've never heard of I've never heard of another
0: company that focuses on that infusing courage into companies. Yeah. Where did you come up with that? Like, I mean, is that, I mean, I know you said it was kind of similar to what he was doing before, I guess, bringing in like innovation. you said he was brought into like bring innovation into companies, but it was it was a kind of like, that's the piece that he saw like missing or like that could see making a big difference in other companies. And you're like, that's where we're going to focus is like courage.
1: Yeah, so that's really that was his brainchild was like, you know, when we're working with organizations and doing innovation, I was doing design thinking facilitation as well back in the day. But what was interesting is the thing that was always showing up was the concept of being courageous, right? You have to be courageous to go beyond what's already been done to get out of the comfort zone of, Ooh, this is where I'm familiar. This is, you know, where my boss will be comfortable, where the organization will be comfortable, you know, and to, to make an intentional choice, to be courageous, to do something different and create newness right to to go into new frontiers that haven't been explored before and it could be something very small right minutia tiny little moments and it could be something really large right courage is is subjective to the person that's that's feeling courageous or not and so by being able to you know assess an organization to see where is their courage at right like how are they doing and is, is there a kind of foundation of psychological safety and people having high communication and making sure that, you know, first doing an assessment of the organization itself, and then being able to plant seeds of courage through talks and speak engagements and workshops and get thinking and behaviors to be different, right? By by understanding, okay, here's where they are, and here's where they want to be. Let's take them on that journey, right? Through these various things that we can do. So the workshops is speaking, let's do the coaching as well, nurturing the people within the organization and the leadership. So this comes from all levels, yeah. right? This isn't just, you know, let's go top down or down up. You've got to come at all the different levels to support a culture of courage and then taking them on expeditions from there to, to ensure that it is withstanding inside that when the moment of courage can arise, right? It's like your moment has come. Are you going to choose courage? Or are you going to choose fear or comfort, right? That you feel empowered. And you're like, no, I'm going to choose the courageous choice.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. That is so cool. I Do you feel, okay, wait, two things. I know you mentioned like all the different ways that you can like do that, like workshops, talks, things like that, but are you generally coming in for like a one-off workshop or is it more like you're working with somebody for like a company for six months and then you'll kind of like do all the things depending on what makes sense. Like how does somebody, not that, I mean, I just, I feel like people are going to want to like be like, how do I have you <laughs> I come do this in my company? <laughs> so let's go there for a second.
1: Yeah. So we have multi-month engagements. We also do one-offs like work, like a one-time workshop or one-time work, you know, uh, speaking engagement. And so we kind of, it depends on the client and their needs that we end up, you know, having a conversation and creating the experience for what would work for them based on, you know, various different touch points of budget desires, you know, culture, bosses, all, all the different things. Oh,
0: that's amazing. So, um, and do you feel, have people like, have companies found you guys and they're like, this is what I need? Or do you find that you have to kind of like go to, you know, kind of put that out there more because people have never really considered bringing in like a company to help them work on the courage inside the company?
1: We've actually never marketed or advertised. We get all of our clients, either they come to us, they find us or through word of mouth and repeat clients. Our, a lot of our clients come back for just, More and more because there's so much work that can be done. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I could see that being true. I obviously have no idea,
0: but I could see that. That's so cool. I love that. I just love such a unique kind of business. And so tell me a little more about like how you, and I I know I want to talk about your book too, but I find this really interesting too. I feel like obviously this all is going to lead into everything else I'm being so obnoxious for people listening who are like what is she talking about but <laughs> I'm also so curious like how you work together because I do think like co-founders always like that's always interesting, just that dynamic between two people kind of running the business, but also, um, well, I think, I mean, we said you're a high performance coach yourself, but also I think you kind of mentioned that he's more the client facing, or maybe I misunderstood that more the client facing one. And you're kind of more like the behind the scenes of the business, or am I, am I saying that wrong? Like, how does, I guess, how does that work in terms of like what you two do day to day?
1: Yeah, no, you've totally got that right. He is very client focused. He does majority of the client posts for, focused work. I also do high performance coaching in that he's a high performance coach and and he focuses on courage. I'm a high performance coach as well. And I have a different approach where I kind of skin it through the calm angle where I infuse some courage in there as well, of course, because that is a key fundamental, obviously, of like the foundation of not just our business, but who we are as individuals. So that is a key element that gets brought into all of what we do, no matter if it's Again, workshops, coaching, experiences, events, yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, he is a lot more client-facing in terms of our, our big clients. But since I've actually had this book um, that came out in May, which we'll talk more about, of course, um, that I've been actually more client-facing. Facing now than I was before since I finished doing the HR um, consulting. So now I'm coming in, in in a different way from a cultural perspective or through a lot of like LD or employee resource group, executive leadership as well around bringing calm into the narrative. And that's where I'm starting to not starting, I have begun um, being client facing again, but from this new narrative.
0: Cool. Okay. So yeah. Tell us like, where did the idea for the book come from? Um, Assuming, you know, you'd been doing this and now you were like, where did the idea come from? When were you like, okay, actually now I'm going to like write a book.
1: Oh my gosh. It came from me having my own chaotic, overwhelmed, like crazy moment in time, right. Of, There was, again, like I said, we moved up here, just got married, had a baby, started a business. My husband's now traveling, client-facing. He's traveling a lot, and it was an incredibly overwhelming time, right? And I noticed I started getting these panic attacks and anxiety attacks. It was just too much for my nervous system to handle, and I was just trying to survive each day, but it was completely unsustainable, and there was one particular moment that I was sitting and I remember it was afternoon. My The baby was probably seven, eight months old, napping and I'm breast pumping at the time, whoosh, 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 you know, sitting there like letting the body do its thing. The kids are about to come home from elementary school, needing snacks, homework, help, love, attention, all the things. And I had yet another panic attack because it was all too much. My husband was out of town again. And I, at the end of that panic attack, I made a choice, like something hit me and and a choice was made. I don't want to live like this anymore. I cannot, I will not, things need to change. And in that moment, I was reminded of my education. I have a psychology degree. I have an organizational management master's degree. You know, I ran a business for over five years. I was doing human resources in the corporate environment, helping infuse, you know, the, what was my favorite thing in HR is around culture and how do you create a culture that is of inclusion and togetherness before this was um, a big buzzword in the corporate world. And so I'm like, wait, I have all of this experience and all of these tools that I used in the corporate environment, in my business environment, I should bring those into my personal environment to make all of this run so much more smoother because we can, why, why have I not done this before? Right. But love those like epiphany moments where like, wait a minute, like, it's so great to have
0: it, but you're also like, why
1: didn't I think of this before? (laughs) But it just like drops in sometimes like in a certain moment. And I mean, especially as an overwhelmed new, new ish mom, like I was a mom, but I wasn't, I hadn't done the newborn thing and all of that. And having gone through, you know, I'm in postpartum still, and the, the amount of overwhelm that, that a mother feels in postpartum is, you know, like, there's nothing like it. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing, like nothing prepares you for that. So I wasn't, you know, I'm not with it fully. And so, yeah, needing that aha moment to be like, oh, yeah, I have all of that. And so I started know. implementing it.
0: That you just said, like you were doing like a, with a 70 month old baby, I was like, oh my God, like, I couldn't do anything at that stage of life.
1: Oh my, yeah, it was, it was so much. It was, and at that point, it felt like it was just too much. And my body was reacting to the too muchness of it all. It was, it was not okay, you know? And so in that moment, made the decision not living like this anymore. I'm going to start implementing tools of ways that I know that I can make all of this run so much more smoothly. And for, I don't know, year, two years, implement, 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 doing all these things, making the, the home run so much more smoothly, make me feel so much more grounded and calm and feel like, oh, I've got a handle on this now. And that was when my, when our son, our youngest started preschool for the first time and, you know, when you start preschool, when everyone's, you know, coming in, ooh, where are you from? What do you do? Do you have other kids? You know, you're, everyone's sharing stories because they're all new to this. And everyone's like, wait, I want to meet more parents that have kids the same age so that we know what everyone's going through or making friends for the kids at playdates, you know, for all the reasons to connect with with parents. Um, and in sharing, you know, our story and my story, people are going, wait, so you've got four kids, a traveling husband, a full-time job, and you don't have help and you don't, and you moved away from your family. Like you're here with nobody. You have, you must pay for help. No, we don't, we don't have paid help. Well, how do you do this? You, you're, you're calm. You have your shit together. How are you managing all of this? And so I'm like, oh, well, I do this and I do that. And I'm I'm, laying it out and they're like, you need to write a book. I would so read that book. Like wow. you, you're doing something different, you know, and I didn't immediately start writing a book. It wasn't like, aha, these people have told me to write a book. I will go write a book. now. Uh, it it was a seed that got planted. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not an author. I do HR. I do operations. You know, this is what I do, but I'm also an avid journaler and reader. And I, I love to write. I love to reflect. And that is a big part of my own practice. Right. And after getting that question enough and that seed being planted, I thought, you know, what am I doing differently that other people aren't in? it's obviously like there's things that I'm saying that they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. But there must be other things beyond just those things that I listed that make me have a calmer experience as a busy parent. So I started writing it all down as it came up, writing, writing, writing. And next thing I knew I had content for a book. Oh my gosh. Wow. I love
0: that. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, it's like once so many people have asked you the same question, it's like, now you can just hand them a book and be like, here, here's the answer. Like not have to keep saying it over and over again. Oh my God. I want to ask you like, what are the things, but I also, feel like that's literally the book. Are there like one or two or three kind of like main things that you usually like, share from the book that you're like, here are kind of the top things you would tell us takeaways or implementations that we should keep in mind.
1: Absolutely. Well, so if we go high level, just like a tick above that, I'd say that what I discovered through the reflections of what is it that I'm doing, um, it came down to these five different pillars of calm. There were themes that arose, right? And so these themes are now, like I said, the five pillars of calm. And the first one is efficiency of, you know, how do you get done the things that you have to do with minimal to no effort, right? So, and with the with the hope and the purpose of that is that then you have more space, time and energy for the things that you want to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the things you have to do. The second is habits, right? What are those healthy habits that we have in place that support us and support our calm versus habits that are not serving us and ditching those. Right. number two. Number three is community, having community around realizing when you're isolated and as we were, right, when we moved here, and then just the parent experience that is right now in our culture of the nuclear family being so tight and not, we've gone away from, you know, intergenerational homes and moving away from our families for work or opportunity or whatever it is, right? And building new lives away from our built-in community, how do you create and intentionally create a community of calm, of people who add to your life in positive ways. And and this is a harder part of the same topic, but also exiting out of or distancing from relationships that add to your chaos, Mm -hmm. right? That are toxic to your energy. So that's the third. The fourth is communication. How do you communicate? And that includes listening, to build trust, rapport, so that you can get the support that you need to create your calm. And the fifth is self-care. Right? how do you take care of you? And it's not, you know, big self-care Sunday, go for hours, spend lots of money, massage, facial, nails, the whole thing. It's micro moments, right? Ways that you can anchor yourself to that of things that fill your cup. In the morning, in the evening, throughout the day, little things that don't cost you anything, but that retain your energy or, or, cr- or increase and cultivate your energy inside. So you're taking care of you as much as you're giving to everyone else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it all makes sense <laughs> and i could see how being really intentional with all of those things which really really help um i love that i love how you've kind of packaged that up into into ways to think about it and things you can implement and so then within each of those is that like each a chapter i imagine and within each of those you have kind of
1: like how to do it <laughs> like what to do in your life to to bring those up Yeah, and so it's a mix of tangible, tactical things that you can do and implement straight away, in addition to mindset shifts, right, questions where you're thinking and reflecting and being able to see things from a different perspective or different lens. So the biggest takeaway from this book after or during reading is that you in the moment, there are natural pauses to go and implement right? And that at any point you can flip through the book and it's the nuts and bolts are right there. There's recaps at every chapter. There are moments that are called your turn where you're going and you're doing something right then and there. Mm-hmm. And so that it is guiding you through how to do this in real time, right? And even in the beginning, I say, pause, stop. You don't have to keep going. If you're ready to action on something, which you should pause mm-hmm. the book, don't keep reading, do that thing come back to it when you're ready. Or if it's overwhelming, right? Pause and then right. come back when you're ready. But the the tangible, there it is filled with tangible tactical ways in every chapter and under every pillar of things that you can do straight away, right? So like you were asking me, what are some of those things? And the thing that I love to say is, is actually the first thing that I implemented in my own life, when I was in that chaos spiral and couldn't get out and was like, okay, nope, I, I this I'm making that choice. So everything I did was meal planning. Mm. You know, that's I, I looked at what is the the biggest stressor that I have every single day? What is one thing that every single day if I got this under control, I could I would feel so much relief, right? And I can that we can do this. So and at the preschool, had to meal plan because we supported the meals for the kids there. And so every week, you know, writing out what are the meals of the week? What's the grocery so- you know, list against that one day shopping for all the things and then having it already. So it's not like, you know, you walk into your business, you're as a chef or at a preschool, right? If you have a restaurant or not, it's, um, you know, oh, I know what we're making today because we have it written out here's the menu. We've got all the food ready. It's not a surprise when you walk in. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Right, you don't And come 4.30 that. every single day, right? Like that's, a, that was a huge stressor for me every day, 4.30. What am I going to make for dinner? I'm like, oh yeah. man, I have no idea.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, I, I can, I try to do that. I try to meal prep as much as possible and it's so, like clear the weeks that it doesn't happen. Like, cause I totally, and I get that feeling (laughs) like wait a minute, there's nothing to make. You don't have the right things or it's just like having to think about it. It's like, if I would so much rather put, I mean, it's less time if you have to think about it, like on one time on a Sunday night, but even if it was like the same amount of time, but all in one chunk Mm -hmm. of like thought processing and then not having to think about it at all throughout the week.
1: Oh, yeah. And the emotional load of it, right? So let's say, hypothetically, you spend 15 minutes a day on, on thinking about what am I going to make for dinner? And you can and you put that all together into, you know, let's say you're just doing Monday to Friday. So then you have an hour and 15 minutes that you're dedicating on Sunday to my Monday through Friday meals. One, and you're not taking that long honestly to do it and two you don't have that your cortisol going up for that amount of time at all on sunday versus having your col- your cortisol up you know your stress hormone rising every day for those 15 minutes right for that hour and 15 minutes across five different days the physical detriment that you're doing to your, to oneself by having that stress hormone showing up every day consistently is incredibly detrimental to the body and the mind versus if you were to, let's say, have that stress one day on Sunday for 15 minutes leading up to your meal planning, right? Mm -hmm. So not only are you not stressing every single day in the moment, but you're also helping yourself long-term by preventing that stress response that takes years off of your life
0: yeah i never even thought about it that way like that's a great if if nothing else like that's what you, what can convince you to be like yeah this is actually makes sense this is worth it i feel like it's one of those things where people can be like yeah i know it's a good thing to do but like put it off for like weeks and months and you know just never implement like that's what i love about what you said about making time in the book to implement cuz it's even one of those things where we've all read a book with tips that were, you know about something that we wanted to do or learn or you know improve on and then just never actually do the things after reading it or during reading it so i love how you've kind of broken it down like that like here go do the thing and then come back and and read the next part and i imagine even if you only read like the first part you're already gonna be better off (laughs) like not that there's any reason you wouldn't but like you'll start to feel better like as you go yeah. which is great. I love that's that. That's, that's your first tip you said. So I mean, my, where my brain went with that was like, what was like the last thing where you're like this, when this thing fell into place, you were like, okay, like I feel fully calm. Like I'm sure. That moment never like fully happens. Like, do you feel like you're, I'm sure you kind of come up with especially now that you think about things like this, you're like thinking in this way, you're probably always gonna come up with more hacks and tricks and tips and maybe you have to write another book and someday, who knows? But is there kind of like a thing where you were like, this was like the thing that for for you, I know it would be different for anybody, everybody who, where you were like, I don't know, like I now feel like this helped me like achieve my calm and like you could write the book.
1: Yeah. So I think, it's not anything I realized in real time, it again was upon reflection of what are the, what are all of the things now that I have in place, but what really was it that upon reflection that I feel like, oh, since I had these in place, this is what's been able to get me into my calm or to be a a high performer with the four kids and, and all the things once I was able to like get back into myself. And what it really was, was honing in on my self-care. That mm-hmm. was the thing that I realized that that was the the biggest, uh, most influential element of owning my calm and then being able to create the book and run the business and do the things from a place of groundedness.
0: Oh, I love that. I was afraid I thought you weren't going to have an answer for that. I was like, that's probably a hard question. Like what's the. Law?
1: Yeah, it's a super hard one. But what I realized was that like in reflecting again upon the concept of self-care and that being the fifth pillar of calm, but that going even deeper into it, that what I realized is that with my clients and myself and everyone I talk to, especially mothers and high performers and people who have businesses and entrepreneurs, right, is that we lack taking care of our basic needs. Our very basic needs that when as parents, we make sure that our kids do, right? Mm -hmm. And, but that we are not doing for ourselves. And when we lack having the basics in order, that is when things start going haywire and we have mental health issues and anger and anxiety and overwhelm. And it's because we're missing that this really, these key fundamentals of humaning that we're not taking care of ourselves. And I've created an acronym to help remember them that hopefully your listeners will take away and to remember for themselves as well. <laughs> if you'd like for me to share, I'd be happy to share Please acronyms. share that. I think we definitely need it. So the acronym is CHEER, C H E E R. So it's like, yay, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Love it. Yay, let's let's take care of ourselves and get mm-hmm. our self care in check. Um, I'm gonna save the C for last because it's my favorite. <laughs> I needed either a different spelling, but so like words ending in C or are, are uncommon. No, but it's too, um, so, too good. Like you have to, that's too good. <laughs> um, so H is for hydration. We forget to hydrate ourselves mm-hmm. so often. And, you know, there's all these memes going around of like, I never drank water as a kid, you know, and I think it's so funny as millennials, right? Like, we didn't have water bottles or hydro flasks or whatever that our parents packed for us. And it's like, oh, there's a water fountain everywhere we go. If we're thirsty, we go to the water fountain. Uh, But that now, you know, we send our kids everywhere with water bottles. And that is a thing. And like, there's a popularity surge in the water bottle world where everyone is like, Oh, look at my cool water bottle. But it's, I'm so glad that this has come to the surface because we need to hydrate. Our bodies are over 55% water and that's on the low side, mm-hmm. right? And that if we don't have hydration in our cells, how can and they're shriveling up because they don't have enough water in them. How can we possibly show up and, and be our fullest selves when literally our cells are shrinking because they don't have what they need?
0: Yeah. Yeah great way to think about it oh my gosh
1: <laughs> basic true yeah it's, okay, true. What's it's it? profound in its simplicity
0: yeah which I love like I think like you know so many things are like you know a lot of the things that are best for us it's like okay I should have known that or like you know it makes so much sense now that you pointed out but am I gonna like do it if, if I'm not consciously thinking about it or being intentional about it or having somebody remind me it probably not. So
1: (laughs) absolutely. And then what's great about all of these as I go through them is that they're all interconnected as well, Mm -hmm. right? That like when you drink more water, then you're going to probably sleep better, which we'll get to in the R. And so like they, they, they all cascade into supporting each other. Um, And so like number two is eating well right? It's eating and nourishing yourself, making sure that you are sustained, that you have your meals and your snacks and that you're being intentional and thoughtful about what you're putting in your body, just like we do with our kids again. And again, it's one of those things where like, even
0: when we were talking about meal prep, I'm only thinking dinner. And obviously I, you know, pack my son lunch every day too. Like I do make sure I have groceries for like what he wants for lunches. And then I think about dinners. And then I get to lunchtime every day and I have nothing planned for me. Like, I have no idea what I should have for lunch. Like that part does, even when I think I'm being good and like meal prepping, I don't even consider like making sure I have nourishment throughout the day until dinner. And that's only because I'm thinking about it for, you know, them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So being like the intentionality, if I'm going to feed myself well, I'm going to, put food that brings up my energy and take care of me, right? And all food is sustaining. So whatever that is, just making sure that you're taking care of yourself from that space, that you're putting energy into your body, literally, so that you can continue to put energy out. Mm -hmm. So so this just reminds me of my vitamins today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The third one is, or, you know, the second E is exercise movement mm. right again, basic need we have PE because the kids need to move right and well we need more than just you know an hour a day or 30 minutes or whatever it is that PE is but the importance of movement in our worlds and how it gets the blood flowing and serotonin and dopamine and all those things when you're activating and moving yourself that we get the happy hormones and so that we can show up and, and have a happier healthier day. Right. And we, again, it also increases our energy as well when we have that movement. So there's so many, and I mean, I don't need to go into all the science. I think that you and listeners all understand, you know, the benefits of exercise. And even when it feels like a huge feat of like, Oh, I don't have time to go to the gym and do an hour or whatever it is that you can still get the benefits by going for a walk around the block, just doing like a five minute walk or doing two push push-ups in between calls or something, right? Hula hooping. That's my gold hula hoop right there. That is my little movement that I like to do in my office in between. Games. Yeah. Right. And so it doesn't need to be an hour, 45 minutes, three hours. I need to go for a run and it's got to be at least this many miles. It's like, no, just something small. You don't, it doesn't need to be a big thing, especially when you're just getting started.
0: Yeah. Okay. All the things we should be doing. So wait, um, I just want to try to remember <laughs> the first one was, um, oh my God, I already forgot. What was the first one I'm remembering here. Same- so the first one was the H cause we're saving the C. Oh, right
1: right now <laughs> h was hydration mm-hmm.
0: the first e was oh my god i'm only only remembering eating that was the second yes. one was that the first one
1: that was the oh, second okay. that was the first e was eating <laughs> okay hydration eating and then exercise yeah okay and Got so next we have the r right and the r is rest it's okay. rest and so that encompasses Sleep that encompasses naps, that encompasses just not doing, right? Taking the time to recover. And if you're exhausted, don't, you know, we don't need to push ourselves when we're in a state of exhaustion to go further, further. Cause one, we're not going to do it as well. And two, it's just hurting your body, right? Again, if we talk about longevity of ourselves, if we want to be here for the grandkids and great grandkids and all of that, like pushing yourself when you're already at an edge is not healthy. Mm-hmm. So resting, remembering to rest, get proper, consistent sleep, which is so hard as a parent and especially as, as a parent of young people, but doing our best, right, to try to get that consistent sleep, to get those hours in. Because all the science, as it's become a very popular research topic of the past 10 years, mm-hmm. all the science shows that sleep is pivotal, so important. For taking out the trash, for re- for recovery of the body of muscles, learn like recovering from the day for the brain to make new memories to process to have the neurotransmitters in the mind so that you can show up for the next day clean and clear and ready and not with all this muck from the day before, right? So there's so much going on in sleep, and when it is when we get too little of it, it really shows up. I mean, we see it, right? The of as new parents, when we have no, when we have very little sleep, right? The, the, the simple things like folding laundry and doing dishes seems so hard and so much. And it's really one because you're just, you're not getting enough sleep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the, the the little simple things seem so much harder. So if you get sleep, it's like, Oh, it's like magic. You get one night of full sleep. The next day you're like, I'm a different person. Yeah. You know? Totally.
0: We can all picture that. And also, yeah, as many times as, you know, I hear that you know people always tell you how important sleep is but it's just like you still don't do it you still don't prioritize it because all the things seem more important in the moment right but it's like no like those things all rely on actually getting the rest you need so that should be prioritized I don't know why it's so hard
1: it's like we don't want to stop oh the momentum is going but i'm in flow you know that could be a reason and i mean there's so many reasons of like i just have too much to do and so yeah. i can't i can't afford to sleep because then what's going to get left behind and what's going to get missed and overlooked if i were to rest you know yeah. and it's like hmm there are other ways to prioritize and there's other there there are, anyway i'm not thinking i'm putting on my coaching hat but ultimately <laughs> Rest is is so incredibly important. Oh, important. Okay, so
0: what is the C? Because now I'm dying to hear the best for last. So
1: C is connection. Mm. Connection with human beings that aren't just under your roof, right? It's with nature, with the bigger things that are outside of just these walls, right? Connection to something bigger than ourselves, that we belong into this this earth, this community, the, this place that we are, it's not just staying in the minutiae of the little things, but being connected to the bigger, the wider, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Okay. So that's cheer. And that's kind of all related to the self-care kind of piece of like things we should be doing to take care of ourselves. That's then going to, I like the, I like the way you put it before, like the humaning things or something you said, like, I think that there's such this, like, people, like, associate, oh, self-care, like, it means, like, as you said, like, oh, I have to go for a spa day, or, like, I'm, like, selfishly, like, taking care of myself, like, in some way that's, like, I don't deserve or don't need or something, but, like, the way you put it, of, like, that's how you're, like, you're humaning, like, those are the things you need for, like, being a human, (laughs) like, that's such a great way to think about it. Mm
1: -hmm. It's basic humaning, that's what it is, right, and, like, if you have those in check, You're going to stave off isolation, depression, anxiety, overwhelm, like all of those, you know, negative things that tend to show up are usually stem from lack of those basics. Yeah. And so those are basics, one for preventing those things from happening. And two, from getting out, if you find yourself in a place where you're feeling depressed, you're over anxious, you're having a hard time, you know, if you start by getting back to your basics, you'll see that most likely, unless it's a clinical issue, right, which happens as well. And we've been noticing, science has been showing also that if you pull, if you, even people who are clinically, you know, in these situations of needing to take medicine, right, for like anti-anxiety, anti-depression, et cetera, if they get back to the basics, they not need as high of doses of their meds, and can eventually go off their meds as well, on like certain levels, right? I'm not talking like extreme, extreme, or like bipolar or whatever. So I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not coming from that perspective by any means. Not saying I'm an expert, um, but the research and the studies speak for themselves. Right. And that when we get back to basics and do these things that the, the human, right, that it, it just makes everything easier. Which calms you up calms you down,
0: calms your body, calms your mind, calms everything. Yeah. I love it. What do you think? Um, Like, what do you think is like the m- main or number one takeaway you want? Like parents? Well, it's, it's parents, right? I mean, the book isn't, doesn't say moms, right? It's, it's parents, busy it's parents. Necessary yeah
1: but I mean <laughs> it's for anyone you don't even have to be a parent
0: well, right? uh, That was actually something I was gonna ask before I was like it sounds like something like kind of anyone could use but I'm sure there are certain things that might have to do with like having a family but yeah what would be like one takeaway for um parent a busy parent or, or any reader of the book let's say <laughs> that you want people to like really be able to like leave with or or feel after
1: having read the book i the the main goal for me after you've read the book parent or not is that Calm is achievable, right? The the busyness, the overwhelm, all the things that we feel or experience or put into our lives, right? There is a way to approach all of it with calm and to do it from a calm place, right? That you can find your calm and maintain your calm and through reading the book, doing the practices, talking, like all the different things. But what is achievable? And that by starting small, you can reach whatever goal you're trying to reach. That it is so feasible, right? You can get there.
0: I love that. And you're like a great example of that because without even having this book, you literally sounds like you turned things around, like just by trial and error and figuring out what worked. And um, it must be really cool to see people who have read the book and are now like, hey, I'm feeling so
1: much better. Oh, that is my favorite thing. I've gotten so many emails and DMs and messages, and it's been such a joy hearing from readers saying, oh, I just read one chapter, and this is something I took away, and I've already implemented, and it's been a game changer. Wow. It fills my heart so much. Um, And so that's my favorite thing, is getting messages from people telling me that they've read it or implemented even just one thing and how it's been... Uh, so beneficial to them and owning their calm. Yeah. That must be so cool to hear. I love that
0: where I said, help people, how, how can people buy your book? Like, where can we find it? If somebody listening is like, I need this in my life, which I feel like everybody, by the way, needs, needs this book.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and here's the thing is again, it's not just for parents, but like For the business environment as an entrepreneur as somebody who works in business ambitious or whatever like it's the same pillars that are brought into doing this in the work environment personal life and professional life so it's literally it, it translates everywhere you go right when you have these tools in your toolbox um where you can buy this book is anywhere books are sold So that's online in your local bookstore, you can go in and if your local bookstore doesn't have it in stock, you just ask them, Hey, I want to get this book chaos to calm by Jenna Hermans. They'll get it for you. Um, on my website, I have, you can get the book there or find all the different links that it's sold through as well as downloadables and resources for that. You can print on your own, like the meal plan, (laughs) the meal planning sheet. Um, in addition to a sheet that's called two minutes to calm. How do you get calm in two two minutes or less? And it has various different ways that you can do that. So when you're like, ah, I'm stressed and I have something coming up soon. Okay. Here's a quickie little thing that I can do to get back to calm. Okay. Amazing. I think we will link directly to that in the show notes. That sounds like something people should
0: click over and grab right now. Um, Amazing. Okay. Well, I always ask people, um, And we can take this in two different ways. I also ask people what's one like last word, or no, I first always ask, what's one thing you wish you knew more about when you first started your business? You could say like when you started your business or before you set out to write the book in this case, either one.
1: Ah, it's a great question. So one thing I wish that I knew um, before starting Be Courageous and probably, I mean, any big venture, right, um, was laying in the infrastructure in home as well as in the business i wish that i'd had this infrastructure figured out it's like okay we're we're taking on this new venture we're going to build this business how do i make sure my home is set up because so much energy and focus will be here but i don't want that to fall off the rails mm. you
0: know? yeah great one great answer any last word of advice to entrepreneurs or or busy or People who feel chaos in their lives.
1: All right, and, you know, being proactive is one of the most important things that one can do, and that's involved. That that includes self care. How do you get ahead of it, right? So that you're not only needing it when you're desperate and overwhelmed and having panic and anxiety attacks, like I was, but before you get to that point where your body's like nah. and freaking out. How do to be proactive and say, "Huh, I'm not there yet," so I don't think I I think I don't need it, but rather instead I don't, I'm not there. How do I stay like I don't want to get there? How can I make sure that I stay on my positive, healthy path and own my calm, even if I don't think I need it. Mm -hmm. But doing some reflection in that to get ahead of potential chaos.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that own my calm term too that you use. That is that's so good amazing okay we'll tell um besides finding the book how else can people connect with you or, or find you online or if they want to find be courageous or any of the other things <laughs> for connecting with you yeah.
1: Yeah. So be courageous. The website is bcrgs.com. It's be courageous without any vowels. So it makes it a lot shorter. (laughs) Um, and my website personally is jennahermans.com. My first name and my last name, and I can be found on Instagram, on Twitter, on all the LinkedIn. I'm mostly active on LinkedIn and on, on Instagram. Um, but pretty much you just do a Google search, Jenna Hermans or chaos to calm and Jenna, and you'll find me. I'll be there.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll link to all of those things so people can do that easily. And, um, hopefully go read the book right now. I think it's so great. I'm glad you've created this and put this out into the world. And thank you so much for coming on to talk with me about it today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure.
0: Thanks so much for listening. For more information, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at quotable media co and at quotable magazine if you loved this episode please consider sharing it take a screenshot right now and post it to your stories and don't forget to tag us so we can reshare we love to see which episodes are resonating with you also, if you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening right now. It means the world to me to see those. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on this show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes and also online at quotablemediaco.com podcast. Talk to you soon.